Hello. Welcome to This Week in the Atlantic Coast Conference, the podcast the podcast for allsportsdiscussion.com. This is Jeff, one of your podcast co-hosts, and you can follow me on Twitter at TalkinACCSports. The podcast moderator is Matthew, and you can follow him at ASD underscore Hokey Smash. I'm going to turn it over to our moderator, Matthew, now, as we welcome our podcast welcome guest. Welcome to the All Sports Discussion ACC podcast. This is the longest-running independent ACC podcast in the United States. Our site Twitter account is at AllSportsDACC. The website, AllSportsDiscussion.com. As Jeff said, we love to talk about ACC sports, whether it's on the blog or on the podcast. But we'll talk about anything in the sports world for sure. And that and that's a good segue for our next guest, Scotty Burks. He runs the Clown Times at theclowntimes.net. His Twitter account is at K-L-O-W-N-T-I-M-E-S underscore 1906. Again, that's at K-L-O-W-N-T-I-M-E-S underscore 1906. Scott, welcome to this side of the house. We always come on your on your show. Welcome here. What's going on, guys? I'm happy to be on. I'm glad that uh, we. I was talking through some um, things of the text out of Podbean, so uh, thank y'all for that. I'd I'd like to pride myself of being tech savvy, but sometimes I can stand and learn a thing or two. So thank you guys again for having me on tonight. I'm I'm fired up. I'm I've been looking forward to this. And I'm going to. I'm, I'm sure we're going to have some fun talking ACC ball tonight. You did. You did a good job getting on here, first time guest. You did a great job with the tech stuff. Hey, question before we before we get to the ACC men's basketball questions. Yes, what do you want to plug? What do you want to plug on? Okay, a couple of things. Well, first, um, I have a YouTube page. Uh, you can find it at, at 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 the Clown Times as well. Um, you know, I pretty much do a lot of shorts on the daily. And I also be would would do like the occasional five to ten minute video as well as a weekly podcast. And they have one last week. We'll try to have a podcast this week. But please continue to like, follow, share, subscribe there as well. And I tell people, you'd be glad you did, and I'll be glad you did. And one last thing, I like to also plug, you mentioned my website earlier. I thank you for that. Again, that's www.theclowntimes.net. That's clowns with a K. I hadn't updated it yet with a post this week, but with the Kyrie Irving news going on, I'm sure to probably update either tonight or tomorrow. So there you go. Outstanding. Outstanding. Let's get to this this past week. Who is your ACC men's basketball team of the week, and who was your most disappointing team of the week? The floor is yours. Well, interesting enough, they played each other this, this past weekend, but I can just get, get going to you right quick. My impressive team of the week was Miami Hurricanes. Like, they had a good win, actually a couple of great wins. They beat Virginia Tech at home. I think Virginia Tech's a good team. Um, they've had some um, misfortunes and injuries throughout the year after a promising start, but they're picking it up as with the, as with the victory over Virginia. Uh, I think it was yesterday they, they beat the Hoos at home, so that was a big win for them. And of course, Miami followed up by winning at Clemson. So Clemson, on paper, is, is like the, the top team in the ACC on the men's side. For Miami to pull off two impressive wins, one at home against Virginia Tech and one on the road at Clemson, that was pretty dang impressive. So hopefully Miami will get some love in the whatever, Kim Pong, whatever the hell 
ratings NCAA's using right now to to judge and rank uh, perspective uh, potential, I should say, tournament teams. Now, my least impressive, most frankly, the most disappointing is those same Clemson Tigers. How do you lose to Boston College? And, and no more than worse than that, how do you get like handled, manhandled by Boston College? If you're supposed to be the top dog in the league, you don't, you do not lose to the Drax. And yes, I know conference play, blah blah blah, anything can happen. But if you're Clemson, if you're the top team in the league, no disrespect to the, the, the few Boston College basketball fans out there, you don't lose to Boston College. I don't care if it's at Boston, I don't care if it's at Chestnut Hill, I don't care if it's on the moon. You do not lose to Boston College. That's another. And then they followed it up by losing to Miami, which is nothing to be ashamed of, but Miami just handled them. So I think Clemson, I think the shine on Clemson, fellas, as a result, I think the shine is coming off of them. I think, I don't want to say they're fraudulent just yet, but they're, but I mean, I think the, I think the, um, the adulations and surprise is pretty much all but over at this point. Losing two games this week, and again, them losing to Boston College on the road, that's something you shouldn't do because, let's just face it, Clemson is a, it's a bubble team already, believe it or not. Even though they're on top of the ACC standings, who have they beaten? I mean, yes, they beat Duke, but if you take a look at who they lost to, I mean, they had some ugly losses, including earlier year, I think, to, um, I'm looking at it right now, uh, they lost to South Carolina, which is a no-no. Uh, they lost to Loyola Chicago. They got, they got bum-rushed by Loyola Chicago, and they're not that good this year. So Clemson still has some work to do. You know, if they really want to impress the tournament, folks, but it wasn't a good week for the Tigers at all. Excellent analysis. Excellent analysis. Jeff, you're up, friend. All right. Thanks, Matthew. And 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 Scott, that was a great point you made about Clemson. I, I, I went and saw them play Miami, and um, I really expected them to, to follow up, you know, with a little urgency after that Boston College debacle. And right. they, they, did, they didn't match. They didn't match Miami's intensity. And I, th I think what, what's happening is, is, you know, they're starting to get guys healthy. Hemingway is back. Uh, Galloway is back. Hunter's back. And I think it's it's starting to cause some chemistry issues, um, you know. When they, when it, it's kind of a weird thing, but you've, we've seen it happen before. You know, teams have had had injuries, and it shortens their bench. And you know, teams start playing well with you know going seven deep, but now you've getting guys back, and and especially someone like Hemingway, who's who's gonna have to get shots because he's your three point shooter, but maybe he's a little bit of a liability on defense. And 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 now there just aren't enough basketballs to go to go around. Right. Um, you know, Hunter Tyson's got to get his his shot, and he's and as good as a player as he is, and he's having an All ACC year. Uh, if you start throwing bodies at him, he's he's not going to really be able to create his own shot. He's got to be freed up out there, and that's the same way with Hemingway. So all of a sudden, you've got two guys out there that that need to have a little space to get a to get a a shot open, right. and and and. You know, Miami is a very difficult team to play because of how much pressure they put on you defensively. If your offense is not right, you're going to have a lot of trouble keeping up with Miami. And, you know, you, you could probably afford to lose one of the games of the two, but you couldn't afford to lose two. And like you said, Scott, um, 
you know, they, they went, they're still at the top of the ACC, but it's, it's a really tenuous position uh, because they get a week off. They got to go to Chapel Hill on Saturday. We know the history yeah. there of how often Clemson is won there. I mean, right, right. now, you, you, you know, you could be looking at a three game losing streak and, and you're first or second in the ACC. And like you said, you know, no guarantee of getting into the tournament. Um, yeah, very rough week for Clemson. And I agree. I think Coach Brumwell, Brumwell, I think, well, not think I know, he, this is crunch time for him, right? Because to get off to a great start like Clemson did, let's just face no one saw that coming. No one saw, not, not many people outside of Clemson Nation. I don't think Clemson fans saw that coming. But this is, this is crucial. And I think I heard someone on the ACC, uh, like on the ACC, the ACC network on Sirius XM talk about this. I forgot which show. Uh, maybe, uh, um, I forget his name, but anyway, the point is, is that he, he expressed that this was a, this is a stretch week, Miami, you get North Carolina and you get a few good teams left on Clemson's schedule. They can't muck it up. They could easily, again, believe it or not, they're a bubble team right now. If you look at their ratings. So bro, coach Brunwell, you gotta show us something. If you want this team to make the tournament, your, your guys, you got to figure out something to make you help your guys start start winning and start winning fast because it's not looking good, especially with Carolina on the horizon. Yep, excellent point, Scott. And that, that leads me into our next question here. Um, with the week looking ahead, what ACC game are you looking forward to the most this upcoming week? And there's a big one. I know you're an NC State guy. They got a huge one uh, against Virginia. I, yes. I think that might be one of your top games. And and who should be on upset alert this week? You know what? It's interesting you say that because there are two involved in the involved in the who's. First, my beloved Wolfpack. If if the it, look State, we played well. We've been under radar, but we've been playing well. We survived the scare against Georgia Tech, and I don't know how it got that close against Georgia Tech, but that's not a here nor there. But the point is, a WCW. If we want to be out there, if we want if folks to take notice, we have to win that game in, in, in Charlottesville. We have to win in Charlottesville. If we don't win in Charlottesville, granted, Virginia's great. Virginia's probably the, one of the three best teams in the country if you look at the body of work, right? But if we're NC State, if you're NC State, you're sitting there with just five losses on the season. Right. But you want I mean, you have been getting much respect from the polls. And I think we have a decent Kempom rating. But if we really want to solidify that, if we really want to make a statement, we have to win in Charlottesville. That's no there's no bones about it. We have to win in Charlottesville or else it's pretty much same old state. Now, again, we've had we having a pretty damn good year compared to last year. But if we want it to be taken seriously, we have to win in Charlottesville. Not an easy thing to do, obviously. But hey, you got to do what you got to do, right? If you want to make, if you want to make hay. But my second one, I think, is Duke and Virginia. I think Duke, I think Virginia and Duke are the two best teams in the conference. I know that Duke had his, his, his stumbling blocks here and there, but some tells me that win against North Carolina last night is going to really launch them. I really think so. They're too talented. They're very young. And and Shire, he's the first-time head coach, but he helped recruit a lot of those guys. And I, I think he's learning on the fly as well. 
But I think something tells me that game at Carolina, that big win at Carolina, is going to really propel them. And, you know, so shout out to, um, to, 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 to um, Shai Koshire and his boys for getting out a, for, for getting out a gutsy win because that was, that was huge, man. That was a huge win by, by Duke right there. And speaking of, you know, you mentioned upset alerts. It's kind of, I, I, I don't know. I, I've been torn, I've been thumbing through the schedule all week, right? And, you know, I, I mean, Duke's at Miami. That's a toss-up, to be honest with you, because both teams are playing very, very well. Um, Carolina and Wake Forest, I think Carolina's safe. And I think Carolina's a safe tournament bet right now, unless they fall to the face of the earth, which I don't think they'll do. But Wake Forest, I, I think they have something to prove as well. So they, so, but for some reason, you're going to think I'm crazy. I'm looking at that Louisville and Pitt matchup. I mean, because Pitt had chances. They, they, they're much improved. I don't think they're a tournament team just yet. I think they're much improved. But there's something about them playing down to the competition. This is the same team, Pitt team, that lost to Florida State at, at home. You can't, and they got smacked by Florida State. One of the close ones, they got smacked by Florida State if you watch the game. So I, I got Pitt up so look because Pitt's coming off a big win at Carolina. They swept the Tar Heels. I'm happy about that being that. I mean, he's a stay alum. I can't stand anything pastel blue. But I just, I, but Pitt has not been consistent as I thought, as I hope. Keep in mind, this is the same Pitt squad that got boat raced by West, by West Virginia. They lost a winnable game at Vanderbilt as well. And I know that they've been improving over the, over the course of the season with the ebbs and flows. But that Florida State game, that's gonna, that's really, that's a killer, right there. If if if, if they had legit NCAA aspirations, Florida State's lost all but killed them. Now again, they, I'm not gonna burn them all together, but something tells me they play low to the competition, to level the competition, and they better watch out for Louisville. Louisville's hungry. I know they stink this year, but they've been playing hard. They hadn't quit on their new coach. Who's, who's an alum of, of, of Louisville, if I'm not mistaken. So, Pitt, you better watch out. Jeff Cable, I love you. Even though you're a dookie, I respect you. But you better watch out for Louisville, man, because those guys are hungry, and you cannot afford to overlook them like you did Florida State. Yeah, that, that, that's, a, that's a really good point, Scott, because, I, I mean, I think that Pitt, when, when, when they're playing to their potential, they're a tournament team. But yes. the question is, can they can they consistently do it? And and I'll give them credit for recovering from that from that Florida State loss because that was that was a that was that was a debacle, you know, to lose that game at home. I mean, there there there's three or four teams in the ACC that you can't you simply can't lose to if you're on the bubble. You can't lose to Georgia Tech. You can't lose to Louisville, and you can't lose to Florida State or Notre Dame. Um, Boston College. Uh, maybe in that mix too, but those four, you lose a game to them and you're on the bubble. I mean, it's going to leave a big, big mark. And, you know, that I, I thought when Pitt lost that game, I was like, oh boy, here we go again. You know, mm-hmm. they, they'd had flashes and they're going to fall off, you know, after that loss, but they have recovered nicely. Um, you know, I think they've won three or four games in a row. It might be three, 
But like you said, they've got to show that consistency because we know what they're capable of, but can they do it, you know, game in and game out? And if they do it, you'll see Jeff Capel and, and his Pitt Panthers in the NCAA tournament if right. they can if they can play to what they're capable of um, on a consistent basis. Because we've seen flashes this year, um, but, right. you, but you've also seen enough on the other side to make you go like, okay, I, I can't. I can't just say I'm sold on them just yet. Right. And check this out, guys. I mean, look. I mean, look at their schedule. They won. They they Not only they won, they stumped Northwestern on the road. They won at my, at my beloved Wolfpack by eight points. They, they controlled that game. They swept Carolina. They beat Virginia. It's not like these guys can't play. These are, this is a talented team, and Jeff Cable's done a heck of a job. But, man, consistency, though. Consistency. I mean, look, they lo- like I said, they lost at, at Clemson early in the year. Not at Clemson. They, they lost at home to Clemson. But Clemson, again, on paper, is the best team record-wise in the ACC. That's nothing to be ashamed of. They lost at Duke. Nothing to be ashamed of about that. But <laughs> look at their losses. Again, that West Virginia loss at home early in the season, as well as Michigan, boat raced by two teams that also ran this year. Glover also ran. I mean, that's... Couple that with the Florida State loss, yikes! And I'm sure that they want the Vanderbilt loss back too. They lost. They 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 should have won that game. They lost by a point on the road. But still, I mean, they Pitt can under could could ill afford to have another stink where they look down to their opponent and play down to their level of their opponent. So, and they get Florida State right after that. By the way, they get Florida State again after <laughs> and Tallahassee. So they have some chances. To pick up ground, I know they play at Miami to close the season, but I think the only the, the last time they get to impress the the, the 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 selection committee is that last game at at Miami. That's the that's the only and last opportunity because that's literally the last game of the season. So, I mean, home against Louisville at Florida State, home against Boston College, they got watch out against Virginia Tech. I think Virginia Tech's coming on with again they're getting healthy again. They host Georgia Tech, host Syracuse, that Notre Dame. They should not lose. Outside of maybe the Virginia Tech game, they shouldn't lose any the rest of the way heading into the game at Miami if they really want to get into the tournament. If they lose any of those games outside of Virginia Tech heading to the Miami game, it's over for them. NIT, here they come. All right, I hear you. Matt, Matthew, you got a, a, a thought here, a comment that you want to make? I do. I do. Uh... I, Scott, I, I am looking at the Virginia Tech Boston College game because I blogged about this re- earlier this year. <clears throat> Virginia Tech is 0 4 in their last four against Boston College. I'm mm. watching that game closely on Wednesday. Mm. That's interesting. That's an interesting stat. They've lost their last four to Boston yes. College. I'm watching that game wow. really closely because I, I had this conversation earlier today on Twitter with uh, Mike Barber from the Richmond Times-Dispatch and David Teal from the uh, from, uh, from dis- the Richmond Times-Dispatch, mm-hmm. that we think that that's probably the most physical opponent that Virginia Tech has on the schedule the rest of the year. That's the first thing, because it's right. going to remind me of what a 2011 or 2012 Big East sort of game was. I mean, that was the game in December where Hunter Couture got hurt. Got hurt. 
Correct. And it's going to be, that's going to be, I think that that's going to be a rock fight and it's going to be a really difficult game in Blacksburg. Now, if, if Tech plays the way they did against Virginia, they're going to roll into an NCAA tournament bid. I'm very sure about that. But, but this is going to be, this is a game I have marked on my, on my, I've had this game marked all year simply because of the pet of the pet of the past. Sure. Sure. Now I'll say this, man, I know you're a tech alum and everything. I mean, you got to look at the schedule and you got to think, what if, right? What if they are healthy? Because if they were fully healthy, do you think they would have lost to Boston? I know there have been 0-4 against Boston College, but still, as, I mean, because if you get, head into that game, I think Virginia Tech was ranked early in the year, right? They won, they beat Penn State. They 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 lost Barrett, they lost by two points on the last second shot to the College of Charleston, who's ranked by the way. Um, they beat down Minnesota. They they beat Carolina, spanked them as a matter of fact. They spanked Dayton. They beat Oklahoma State. They had a pretty damn good resume, man. Before they got all those injuries, I really thought that they were going to lose to Boston College on the road, Scott. I mentioned that to Jeff. And to Matt Zemek before I said, do you think this is going to happen? Because I don't feel very good about it. And Ooh. I I wrote about it. <laughs> Matt, Matthew, Matthew made that game sound like they were going into, into uh, you know, a game at Kansas or something. I mean, he, 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 was, legi- he was legitimately worried and then turned out to be right. There was a lot of fear going into that game. Well, here's how I look at it, Matt. Uh, uh, Matthew, um, this is I'm a, it's similar to Pitt's situation. I mean, Virginia Tech, they before they had that 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 ugly loser streak with it due to injuries and whatnot to 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 get into conference play, they were potentially tournament team as well. So they can start to get back on track. They won three out of the last four, right? Beating Duke. And, and Virginia along the way as the most notable wins. They lost at Miami, I know, but Miami's pretty good. They got the rest of the way, man. They, I mean, you know, you got, they, they okay, I think you guys going to slay the Boston College racket. I really think y'all, y'all will. You're playing at home. It's primetime game, ACC Network. You guys finally getting your, your you're probably getting health, finally healthier than you have been all year. I think that you guys want to make a tournament run. You're too damn well coached. I forget your coach's name, but you're too well coached to just collapse, right, at this time. So after the Boston College game, you're at Notre Dame and Georgia Tech, um, providing you slay the Boston College dragon, <laughs> right, um, or no, or over, and get that monkey over, uh, like off of y'all's backs. You should be on a three-game, in addition, like four-game win streak, talk, counting the Virginia win. Should be in a four-game winning streak heading into that game against Pitt. That's going to be huge for y'all. And fortunately for you all, you guys get games to help your cause. More than one game. You get, beside the game with Pitt, you get, you get Miami again and Blacksburg. And you're at Duke. So that's three games. Those are three games right there for you guys to, to, to improve your, your stock, if you will, with the committee, with the selection committee folks. Now, I don't have the Kim Palm ratings in front of me. I don't understand. The Kim Palm ratings, that's another podcast for another time. But, uh, you know, you guys got to beat Boston College. You're absolutely right. You got to slay the Boston College Eagle 
Dragon. You have to. If you want to have a shot at the tournament this year, you got to slay the Boston College. You can't lose those guys twice. Can't Just lose can't. five in a row. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> it and Je Jeff said it too. I mean, you know, you it, it's not really going to help you if you beat Boston College, but it, it, it sure as heck can hurt you right. if you lose to Boston College. And Jeff said that well early, earlier today. But that was it. it was, I expect, like I said, I expect a, a pretty physical contest in Blacksburg, and I'm and I, I I expect, I honestly expect Virginia Tech to have two or three players that are going to fall out that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Go ahead, Jeff. All right. Okay, Scott. Let's let's look national. Um, yes, sir. What are some national games you're looking forward to this week? I know there's a big one um, tomorrow night on Big Monday, you know, after the, the Miami-Duke game. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would be Texas and Kansas. Look, I don't know what's going on with Kansas. I mean, Kansas, this is this is an odd year for Kansas, I think. I mean, they got their butts kicked several times this year. You don't normally see that in the Kansas squad, right? Um you know they 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 like they 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 lost big at home to T to TCU. I mean they got twenty three points, and you know they lose big. They they lost big at Iowa State. That is just not normal. That that's not normal for them to get but your butt the butts kicked twice. Oh yeah, and they lost to Tennessee. They got beat down by Tennessee. It's this is an odd year. For for Kansas, but I, I but I really like that matchup. I mean, it's really a smorgasbord if you it, like if you think about it. Um, besides that game, I like 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 I live in big uh, I live in Big East country in Cincinnati because Xavier University is only like a hop skip or jump from where I live. Um, so that Marquette and UConn game, um, that's that seems a little bit tantalizing to me because. I think the big the, the Big East is a low key great league. Heck, it's better it's rated better than the ACC. <laughs> so uh, even though I will say the men's ACC has improved a lot, I will say that I'm not going to overly bash my beloved conference, but I, I'm a, I, I'm not going to lie to the masses, right? But 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 but, but like a, so basically outside of tennis, outside of Texas, excuse me, in Kansas, I got my eye on Marquette and UConn. I like the fact that UConn's good again, and you know, which is which is good for college basketball, in my opinion, because that's 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 going back in the way back machine. Um, but yeah, but how about Saturday though? It's just not just only a big matchup on the gridiron. You got Alabama at Auburn, two p.m. ESPN this Saturday at Auburn. That should be great. I mean, who would have thought that an Alabama basketball team would be ranked in the top five? Who would have thunk it? And then playing Auburn in a big in a big game, where you know, like tournament seeding is dependent on it. You know, Alabama's playing for a top seed right now, and I'm not saying that Auburn's on the bubble. I think Auburn's a good solid um, um, tournament team, but this is not only for for conference positioning. This is for bragging rights, man. Auburn, and Alabama. I mean. Duke, I still think Duke and UNC is the best sports rivalry, one of the best sports rivalries outside of Ohio State and Michigan. But man, you gotta put some respect on the on Alabama and Auburn's name. That 
<laughs> if you know anybody who, like I know guys who went to both to, to both schools, not to went to both schools, but who pulled for, for out of squad, who I went to college with, living out in the state of Alabama. That is huge. That's, you talk about hate between those two schools and the alumni especially, whoo-wee. So basically, man, Alabama, Auburn, that, that, that crowd in Auburn, Alabama is going to be raucous. I'm looking forward to it. He's going to be rocking. Neville Arena's going to be rocking and rolling. So that's that's my really my big game of the week. Alabama, Auburn, on the hardwood, two top 25 programs. I, I don't know if that's a first in a while in this series, but I got to tune into that. All right. Very good. Very good. Some good national choices there. Um, all right, Scott. We want to talk about the ACC a little bit in these next two questions. Yes. Um, and and you can you can answer this. And and what do you think the ACC should do with their long term strategy? You know what what do you think the the ACC the ACC should do? You know, and then you can run the gamut here. We can talk about revenue. What are right. some ideas they can increase revenue, um, communication? I mean. The, the ACC has a reputation to kind of keeping things close to the vest. Uh, from with, with, that was that way with John Swafford. It seems to have continued with Jim Phillips, yep. and we'll get into him in the next question. But you, you name it on your on your thoughts here. Ninja Swaff, <laughs> who who could forget Ninja Swaff, right? But um, as far as the long term strategy, I mean, it's hard. Some not normally lean on you guys. Want to be honest, but. It's it's hard because there's really one thing that could that could create the uptick that the ACC desires, and that's the pipe dream of Notre Dame. We got the taste of Notre Dame playing in conference in 2020 during the um, during the COVID season, and I know a lot of there are a lot of fans who said that the ACC should have stuck it to Notre Dame, <laughs> make hold them hostage, make them join the conference as <laughs> as as part of the deal. Of, of of allowing them to play games that uh, that that year, but I mean it was a good move for the ACC to do that because that pretty much that really drove up the revenue that season alone. And that I mean I mean look at the ACC title game, how, how the eyeballs that it drew between Clemson and Notre Dame. Hell, I mean the earth, they they played each other twice that year, right? I mean they played at South Bend earlier that year when Trevor Lawrence was hurt, and and, and DJU stepped in and he balled out, but. Um, because, because those ratings were pretty high, and and actually the ratings, those I think the eighth the NBC ratings for those Notre Dame home games that year, because I think they played Florida State at home as well that year. That was how those were their highest rated games on NBC in the in a very long time, and it still ranks amongst the highest amongst the viewership of of, of, of any NBC game broadcast Notre Dame. So. Outside of Notre Dame, I really don't. I'm trying to. I'm struggling to see. I mean, because I first I thought that um, that they could get some with the Pac-12 partnership or whatever, but apparently, for them not to really pursue it longer, that must mean that the guys who are much smarter than I am determined that it wasn't much of a of a of a uh, of, it wasn't much of a task. Because it would, wouldn't bring in that much to the bottom, that much to the bottom line. So outside of Notre Dame, 
Somehow sweet-talking Jeremiah Trick and Notre Dame to give up their independence, which if I was Notre Dame, I wouldn't give it up either. Let's just be honest. Because I think that they, didn't they restream up with NBC guys um, for a lucrative deal for their home games? I think they did. I'm not too sure. But anyway. Yeah, I think they're, 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 uh, the the terms of that deal hadn't yet been uh, finalized, right. but um, I, I don't think we have to worry about you know Notre Dame going to any other conference. Um, you know, one thing I I, I, I admire about them, I'm I'm starting to kind of reluctantly admire them. You know, <laughs> we get frustrated with them with Notre Dame not just joining a conference, but they're sticking to their guns and Is and they're that? not they're going to stay independent as long as they possibly can. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it would be best for the ACC if they did join, but you know, the ACC should use this to, um, you know, continue to, to use this in their, in their favor. I mean, they get like, uh, I think it's five, maybe even six times this year, they're playing Notre Dame. So, I mean, I, I think as good as it would be if the Notre Dame joined the ACC, it could be equally crippling if Notre Dame were to leave and and go to you know the Big Ten, for example. I think it's in the ACC's best interest. Um, if they're not going to join, just let them be independent. Let them be. Work with them to keep them independent. You let them be right because I think that ESPN would not dare let Notre Dame go to Fox. I, I think they would be that. I think that's on the to do list. Do not let Notre Dame yep. get away to Fox. I think. They want to keep them as an ESPN probably as long as they possibly can. But I'll say this to your point, Jeff. Them re-upping with NBC was the best thing to have to the ACC. Because that, I mean, you saw the, you, I'm sure you've seen all the the, uh, the the bloggers for your folks out there, the quote-unquote experts, who had, who everybody and mama had, Notre Dame, joined to the ACC and joined the Big Ten. And I, I was like, well, why the hell would Notre Dame give it their, up their independence to join any conference? And, and, and those same people who talk about Notre Dame to, Ace, to the Big Ten, they don't realize there's a lot of bad blood there if they really do the historical research. Like, people don't, many people don't know that Notre Dame was once upon a time a Big Ten school and that they were blackballed by the likes of Michigan leading the charge and a few others, but mainly Michigan leading the charge and that forced them to, forced Notre Dame to go independent. And when it wasn't for the likes of Army, or particularly Navy and USC, allowing them to play them while they're independent, which is a big reason why they still play USC and Navy to this very day, then who knows where that program would have been? Who knows what happened to, 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 to Notre Dame? So, if, so, yeah, so basically the lifelines from Navy and SC prevented Notre Dame from going under, the football program from going under. So I don't think that the people at Notre Dame would be so would, would be so open to going back to the Big Ten as people would think. Money be damned. I, I, I think that, I mean, if anyone has gone to Notre Dame's campus, like I have, when I saw them drub NC State, like in 20, when I say 2017, um, they got money, <laughs> okay? They, Notre Dame ain't hurting. All those gold brick buildings, that fabulous stadium, I mean, forget Touchdown Jesus. That stadium is just gorgeous. The campus is gorgeous. They got money out the yin-yang. I, I don't have the figures in front of me in terms of endowment, but I'm pretty sure it's pretty damn big. They're not hurting for cash. Not to the point that they want to force 
forsake what they have going on with the independence with NBC contract and join in the Big Ten? No. I don't think they want to deal with Ohio State. I don't want, I don't definitely don't think they want to have to deal with Michigan. As, as long as Notre Dame is happy and independent, I think the ACC should be happy. <laughs> you know, because again, when Notre Dame grew up with NBC, why would that's that was that was too a huge shot of relief for me? Because why would they give that up? Why would Jack Swarbricker company give that up to join a to join a conference? They, they won't. And I wouldn't either if I were Notre Dame. Why, why should I, I mean, my thing to, to Jeff, to, to, to Jim, to Jeff Phillips, why should I join you? Jim Phillips, I'm sorry. Why should I join you? Look at, I mean, hell, you, 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 you fell for the, the, the okidote that was the alliance. I mean, come on. I mean, the Big Ten played you in the Pac-12. I mean, the only thing that saved the BCC was the fact they had that long, that, that, that long, uh, Greater rights deal. That's what's saving them right now. That's what saved them from getting poached from the Big Ten. So, as far as I know, I know you, you, you're missing Jim Phillips, Commissioner Phillips, and God bless him. God, God, I mean, bless his heart. But sometimes I don't think he knows where he's headed. I haven't really been that. The only thing that impressed me about him so far is that he got the Comcast deal done. As I get the Comcast deal done, I haven't been too impressed by him. I mean, again. He got played by another, a former commissioner now of, of the Big Ten, Kevin Warren. He got played by him hard. Not as bad as the, 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 the as a Pat Twelve, but still he got played. And so now I had them going tail between his legs, going back to the college football playoff board, and say, you know what, um, Greg Sankey and them, you're right. We should <laughs> we should expand the playoff field. So yeah, I'll. I mean, I, I don't know what what Phillips could do, Commissioner Phillips could do at this point. I I don't know. I, I really don't know because who can he put? Who who can he poach to enhance value of the country? He have to poach another Power Five because who's who's left in the who's left in the um, group of five? I mean, Memphis, really? You think that's going to increase you? I mean, I love Appalachian State and East Carolina, but could they do they really in, enhance the value? Um, and Central Florida is already headed to the Big 12. Cincinnati moved, is headed to the Big 12. So, really, I mean, I thought that Cincinnati would have, I said this, I told you guys this a long time ago, I believe. I believe Cincinnati would have been a great pick for the ACC. I think it would have, I would think it would have added some value to it because they, they, aside from Louisville, you tap more into the Midwest, you're the middle of mad football country that is Ohio. I mean, I see it a lot. I see it day to day, through every fall and winter. Ohio is a big football state. That's why Michigan and Ohio brought over recruits <laughs> instead of Ohio. So I think letting UC get away, University of Cincinnati, letting Cincinnati get away to the Big 12, I think that was a huge miss. Because I think that was the only squad out there to enhance the, that would have enhanced the current ACC contract. I mean, the logistics would have made too much sense. You got Louisville. We already have Louisville in the fold. That would have given Louisville and Pitt a natural rival. You couldn't tell me those would be good games every year. And UC has rivalries with both schools. So I just think that that was a huge miss. Again, I'm not in the room. I'm not. I, hey, those people are a lot smarter than I am and get paid to be. But I think outside of uh, doing a stupid 
geographical, non-Cisco geographical pool like the Big 12 did with SC, with SC and UCLA. <laughs> and then in the ACC trying to go after the likes of Stanford and Washington, Oregon, and possibly Cal. I think Cincinnati was a huge miss to enhance the contract, to tear up the contract and rework it. But it is what it is. Um, I'll say this one last thing. I know I'm rambling, but I'll just say one last thing because speaking of UC, people have been talking about the Big 12. Oh, the Big 12, they got a great deal. They did. And look, for them to get the deal that they had, to, to, to score the deal that they have, um, with Texas, Oklahoma leaving was pretty damn good. They get they, they get a five year deal. I forget the actual totals, but I think they were each school will average about thirty mil per. Um, and you know, uh, like again, I think you know they did well given the uh, Oklahoma and Texas leaving. But in the fact that too, it's only a five year deal, which means that. The Big 12 will be able to double dip before the ACC's contract will be new, will be up for for renegotiation with ESPN. However, I like to put the brakes on to the folks out there that think they got a better deal than ACC because people don't realize is that that deal. Correct me if I'm wrong, fellas. The deal the Big 12 received is for everything: tiers one, two, and three rights. The ACC's deal does not include the tier three rights, which is the ACC network. That's a so total separate entity. So, for example, when the ACC, we when we land the Comcast finally, that's the value is going to go up. Those the money is going to go up because Comcast is the biggest carrier in this country, cable carrier in this country. So that does not include that's not included in the ESPN deal that ACC is with right now, and that probably wouldn't be included in the ACC in the deal that the ACC was signed going forward with the with, with the with ESPN. So the ACC is still in the cap burst in terms of revenue. That's still the third highest ranking rank in terms of revenue was all said done because again, that doesn't include everything. It just includes the television rights. It doesn't include the, the tier three rights, which is the ACC network. The big 12 deal with Fox as well, with FS1, with Fox as well, it includes everything. They don't have a channel, folks. The ACC does. SEC does, the Big Ten does, not even when the Pac-12 does, but no one cares about it anymore because they didn't go through a cable company. So as far as money-wise, ACC doesn't have to worry about falling behind number, falling off from number three. It's just a matter of what they could do to enhance where they are currently at right now. I really don't know because in terms of schools, they're landlocked and I, I don't, I just don't know outside of maybe streaming. I don't know. I just don't know, guys. I don't know. Yeah, I think that brings up to the, the, the point on, on Commissioner Jim uh, Phillips. We know he's been making the rounds, um, you know, during basketball season, showing up at, at the games. Um, I hope he's meeting with the ADs, and I, I hope he's got a plan because they're not letting out what they're what 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 they're doing, which I, I think, um, you know, in the, in this climate. You should be doing that, but they're not doing that. So let's just hope they got something going on in the works behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. I, I just don't yep. know, fellas. <laughs> yep. hey, yeah, we're all wondering what that. Uh, all right, Scott, we got another big game upcoming yes. this weekend. 
Yes. Who you got in the Super Bowl? We got Kansas City, Philadelphia, two great quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes. Um, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, I don't think, you know, neither team has like spectacular defense. So I I think we're going to see an offensive show here. Well, I'll say this. Quarterbacks. In defense of the defense, I'll say this. Both teams, believe it or not, are the top, near the top in sacks. Um, Virginia, I mean, Virginia, Philadelphia, Philadelphia's defense has 70 sacks, 70 on the year, by far the way the most. And from, I think from what I understand, I think Kansas City has like 55 sacks. They may not light up the, 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 the stat sheet, like yards per game allowed or whatever. I think Philadelphia is pretty decent, the large yards allowed. But yeah, man, I mean, they both teams like to get after the quarterback. So it's it's going to be a matter of who which offensive line would, would, would protect the quarterback the most, right? And I think Philadelphia's line, Philadelphia's offensive line is the best in, in the league because they can run the ball too, dude. I mean, with uh, Jalen Hurts, they can they can RPO them teams to death, and that and and, and the fact that um, too that um, Jalen Hurts should be able to get he does a, he does a better job of, of of getting the ball down the field. To um, to AJ Brown and company, and you know Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard, the tight end, and that's going to be much. I think that's going to that's going to be the tale of the, the, the Super Bowl. Which offensive line will mitigate the other team's pass rush ability? And I like Kansas. I, lo- I love Patrick Mahomes. He's he's a stud, guys. And he's a good dude off the field too. And for those who want to know how good of a dude he's been off the field, just Google him. And, you know, he's been saying the great things and whatnot and, and whatnot. So it, it's, it's going to be good. And, you know, I'm looking at the stats now, and it's, it, it's going to be very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. Like, um, I just think that, um, you know, it's going to be. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a it's a little bit of a defensive struggle as teams like uh, feel each other out. I wouldn't be shocked because again, both teams do well getting after the passer. Both teams sat the quarterback very well. So I know Philadelphia is a second ranked defensive team in terms of, <clears throat> of, of 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 yards allowed and whatnot. But you know, I I just think, guys, it's it, you don't be shot. Like I said, don't be shot. And Kansas City's they have like a top twelve defense in terms of yards allowed. I, I don't be shot. The thing starts slow, right? Don't be shot. Don't be shot that we have like both teams do not break twenty at by halftime. Don't be shocked about that. Um, but really. What it comes down to, guys, is like I said, you know, I know that top, like that both offenses are the top, five, top three. Kansas City has been the best offense. Philadelphia has been the third best offense, stat wise. It comes to come down to which offensive line holds up the most. And I think right now, I think I think Philly's offense, this line, will hold up the most. I think they'll mitigate Kansas City's. 55 sacks, which is second best in, in the league behind Philadelphia, 70. So with that being said, I like Philadelphia in a close game. I don't think both teams will break 30. 
That's my prediction. I think it's going to be 27 to 24 Philadelphia. All right. Very good. Uh, Matthew, I'm going to turn it over to you as we close out the podcast. Oh, and microphone time. Scott, what you got for us? Here's what I got, man. Kyrie Irving's an idiot. And I don't know, and people who trade for Kyrie Irving is a bigger idiot or bigger idiots. Like, I don't know if you guys heard about the trade. Like, can't, like Kyrie and his temperamental self demand to trade early year, the fact early in the week, despite the fact that Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets are playing their best ball right now. And I know that Kevin Durant's hurt, but they've been playing pretty well. And he just like, I don't know, because they said that he they were talking to Kodrick Station and, and the Brooklyn Nets rightfully puts a stipulation on it because let's face it, if you fought me following basketball the last ten years, Kyrie Irving has been known to go off on the reservation for, for for a little bit. As from taking time off to not being vaccinated. Whether the vaccinating thing, vaccination thing, that's a separate entity. He could do whatever the hell he wants. But if a league specifies you have to do it, if a company working that specifies you have to do it, and if it means possibly continuing the championships on the line, you gotta do it. Right? It's just like any other place of employment. But the point is, is that he's done this to three teams already now. Kyrie's done this to Cleveland. He's done that. He ruined Boston a lot. Thankfully, Boston uh, recovered. And he's, now he's doing it to the Nets. So Dallas Mavericks, you traded for him. Tag, you're it. You think he's going to mesh with, um, with uh, what's that name of that kid's name? The superstar of Blake and his name. But anyway, if you if you think he'll he'll mesh with with Dallas the superstar, good luck with that. Jason Kidd, you're a great coach, but good luck with trying to handle him. Mark Cuban, you're a great owner, good luck trying to reel Kyrie in. I just don't understand why Kyrie does the things he does he keeps doing, and I don't think outside of Dallas maybe maybe I don't think any maybe Los Angeles the Lakers, who 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 the hell was going to offer him a long term deal. The man is in this, I think he's 31 or 32 years old. And he's in Hatton State. He hasn't played an injury-free year in a long time, if not ever. And he's a he's a head case on top of that. Just just at this point, I just ask why. Why why put Bakawa ever much longer? Why 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 I know the man can ball. I know he's a magician on like on the court. But is he really worth the trouble? I I I think not. So again, Dallas, you've seen the history. You you wanted the the, the the laser team series of laser teams. I think that they that you could change Kyrie or get Kyrie. This coach is going to help him. You've already seen ten years worth of data. That dude is not changing. He is who he is. So again, Dallas, as I said earlier, you think you can change him? Tag, you're it. Well said, Scott. Well said. Uh, Jeff, I'm going to treat this like it's a congressional hearing and I'm the moderator. <laughs> and so I'm going to cede the balance of my time to you, Jeff, so I won't have an open mic. Because I know, Jeff, I'm teeing this topic up for you. I know you want to talk about Josh Pastner. Here, here. All right. Yeah, I got to hear this. <laughs> yeah, uh yeah, there's there's not much you can say anymore about <laughs> Pasner. I mean, he's it's uh it's over. I mean, it's it's just a, they don't have any choice but to fire uh, Josh Pasner, the AD. I know Georgia Tech's got financial issues. 
Um, they didn't want to do this. That's the main thing is that they didn't really want to fire him. Um, if they, if, if Pastner and Georgia tech had just been like a bad team this year, maybe yeah. won six or seven ACC games, he's, he's coming back because he, he's got, um, anywhere from a two, two and a half million to $4 million buyout. And you just made the move with key and, and Jeff Collins, um, but but the but the program and and the season is, is such an incredible dumpster fire at the moment. Right. They have no choice. I mean, they went up to to Louisville, who was you know three hundred plus in the net and lost by double digits. Yeah. And and Louisville didn't play well in that game. And and uh, you never felt like at any point that that Georgia Tech had a chance in that game. And and he's lost his team. The the, the they're not playing you know, with a lot of energy, especially when they get down in games. Uh, they did play okay against NC State. They shot the ball pretty well, but that's kind of one of those voodoo-type things that we talked about earlier, like with Boston College and Virginia Tech and, and Pitt and North Carolina. I mean, you know, Georgia Tech's got that thing with NC State. I think they had won four straight games and in, 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 at NC State before, um, you know, the Saturday, and, and, and NC State kind of had to pull away late, but it was a struggle for the Wolfpack. It's just one of those weird things of, 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 um, you know, Georgia tech and, and, and NC state. But I mean, it's, there's already like national guys writing about who could be replacements for Passner. And, you know, even if they win a couple more games in the season, maybe they knock off Louisville, Notre Dame, win a couple other games. I mean, they don't really have any other choice. It's, it's just a matter of finding the money. And then they didn't want to do it either, but, they just right. have to. It's there's, you just can't keep him. They're gonna he's gonna lose something like thirty one, thirty two, you know, thirty three ACC games over the course of two years, and and you just can't keep a coach who who loses at that astonishing rate. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, and that's too bad. That's a lot of great, great tradition in Georgia Tech, man. With um, like the the um with the lethal weapon three from like like uh from the um from the early nineties, I think yeah. with uh, Kenny Anderson and um, uh, Scott Dennis Scott, and I forget that, Brian Oliver, I think Brian as well. Brian Oliver. I mean, they, you know, Kremens had it going there in the eighties the and early through the, through the mid nineties, won three ACC championships. You know, the like you said, Scott, the lethal weapon three, mm-hmm. you know, he had Mark Price, John Sally right. coming through there. And, and then, um, you know, even, even, um, you know, towards the end of his tenure, yeah, he had, you know, guys like Matt Matt Harperin and Stephon wow. Marbury, and and then Hewitt, Paul Hewitt had a had that national championship run, and 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 had some NBA quality players go through there, like Amon Shumpert and Derek Favors and Chris and, and Boss. Chris Bosh, of course, and you know he he had some good moments, struggled towards the end, but you know over the last 10 years the program has just been dead other than that ACC championship during the covid year and right um you know they just just need a new they need a new start and hey i don't get paid just like you said scott we don't get paid the big bucks to solve this this is the the new ad at georgia tech's job to figure it out but right. you can't keep passner beyond this year it's just if you do you're just saying i i give up you know <laughs> i'm giving right. up and i'm doing it for money Right, and that's that's the thing. I want to give a quick, very quick shout out to the, and I, we we were missed if I didn't mention that ACC women's. They're awesome. They are killing it. And I don't care what anybody says. I know South Carolina's doing this thing, 
but the SEC women's are two top heavy between them and, and, and LSU. The ACC is top to bottom's the best conference in women's basketball, period, in the discussion. So I got to give a quick shout out to the ACC women's. They've been holding up more than holding up the end of the bargain. Six ranked teams, probably going to say eight or nine teams to the, uh, to the tournament. Um, yeah, props to the ladies. You've been holding, you've been holding down the fort well. Yeah, absolutely. If, if you're not watching the, the 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 ladies play basketball, you know, do yourself a favor and, and catch some of those games because it's, it's it's high quality, it's fun basketball. Yes. And uh, last thought here on my on my open mic, ACC football schedule came out this past week. Yes. yes. Yeah, it's got it's got me pumped. There's some, you know, I'm 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 looking at it here and already, you know, seeing some matchups that 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 are exciting you know you, you got lsu and florida state that's going to be a top 10 probably matchup in week one Absolutely. and we know what a great game they played last year yeah. um teams from the atlantic and coastal that were taking like six years to play each other um <laughs> you know now you got like tons of of matchups this year that you don't re- see very often and we're you know continue that thank goodness we're divisionless Yes. Uh, ACC championship game is going to be the two top teams uh, in the ACC this year. Backyard brawl again, Pitt and West Virginia. That's going to be a lot of fun. So, right. um, yeah, you know they they put out the schedule early enough this year. There's a lot of lot of things to look forward to. You know, this past year wasn't wasn't a spectacular year in ACC football, but I mean we did see improvement over the previous three or four years. So you know. Keep that upward trend going for ACC football. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward. I think Clemson's playing Duke this year. I mean, they yep, opening week on Monday night Labor Day. They they hardly played each other the past ten years, so it's good. To, it's good to see that the division's just gone. I mean, that was that was. A, I wish they would have made the move a year earlier because we would have gotten a better conference championship game because. Who wouldn't want to see Clemson Florida State again last year? As, as Florida State been been on a huge roll, right, to end the season. So probably Clemson didn't want to see that game again the way they yeah, were playing at the right. end of the year. <laughs> that's a great point. Excellent point. So that's why, man, I'm just glad. I think it's going to AC, help the ACC in terms of matchups. I think it's going to help help them, you know, with rankings and everything else. Because if, I mean, look. If you got your two best teams who are Atlantic teams every year, anywhere, I know this thing's a cyclical, but let's just be let's just face it. It's Clemson, Florida State, and everybody else. Right? In terms of like talent. And I think Florida State's coaching is, is has a lot improved. Uh props to you, Mike Novell. But I, I just I'm glad this is happening. And you know, I, the Big Ten is doing the same thing too. I'm glad divisionless football is here to stay. It's only going to be great, great, bring good things to the league. It's going to help matchups. It's going to improve matchups. And, hey, I'm looking forward to it, bro. I am looking forward to it. All right, very good. Matthew, any last thoughts from your side before we close? No, I, I ceded the balance of my time because I wanted to hear you talk about Pastor Jeff, and you did a good job. You did not dis. You did not disappoint, Jeff. 
So we're just waiting until it's over. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, thank you so much for joining us on the All Sports thank Discussion you. ACC podcast. We loved having you come on the show. We appreciated you spending your Sunday evening with us, and we'd love to have you come back any anytime you want. Thanks again for coming on tonight. Appreciate it, boys. I had a lot of fun, fellas. Had a lot of fun. Take care, guys. Mm, too, too. Take care. Bye-bye.